Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Chapter 5. Bread to Bite. Rye, it ain't so. Finally, after navigating through a maze of donut-shaped corridors and avoiding pitfalls of buttercream quicksand, they reached the heart of the bread labyrinth, a breadlinth of pumpkin seeds and glazed corners. And it wasn't until Levin turned the corner with Conrad Custardly that he realised how far down the flattened Pitta River they were, and without a pumpkin seed paddle. The expanse of the maze was huge, the likes that Levin had never seen, which really wasn't saying much because this was the first maze he'd encountered, but if he hadn't counted two mazes, he'd be certain that this one would have taken the proverbial cake by its short and crispies. Levin pipes up, Well, well, well too well, well, well. Conrad custardly cuts Levin off. Um, <laughs> I know what you're thinking, my Wellington Wellity brother. And yes, it is a hard crust to swallow and even tougher doughy centre to get to the bottom of. Yes, yes. We're going to have to split up. You see that all the way over there? Conrad points to what appears to be two lights, one yellow and one bright blue. Levened, sort of knowing where Conrad's pointing, says, Yeah? Conrad says, Well, my mellow fellow, there are two points that I can see that could be of use. Conrad pulls out his bread noculars, putting away his famous harmonica for a clearer shot of what he's looking at. Ah, yes, 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 indeed. There is hope. This maze is completely fueled and powered by two pages from the Doe Redacto Tome, a book that constantly remains unfinished due to its doughy center dropping and producing pages wherever it happens to show up. But that's neither here nor there. Levend looks surprised and slightly confuzzled. But we're here, and that's over there. So, how are we going to get it, Castle And importantly, how do you know what's powering this place, huh? Conrad thinks to himself deeply. Well, you see, I'm convinced that those licorice beams running from the centre of those two podiums that are holding up the pages from the Doe Redacto are linked to the heart of the maze. And just below, you can see ripples of custard and cream and caramel. You know, I was a bit of an eager weaver back in my day, digging through the dusty flower holes of the butter cake archives of puff pastry. So I think, I think, this really is our only way out, it seems. And once we plop foot, so to speak, and get ourselves knee-do-deep in this terrifying place, we really need to be quick. I can't be sure, but it seems that something is cooking, and I don't want to be the next thing on the menu. Levend becomes an eager beaver. Right you are, and thanks for explaining the why. I felt like you were sort of making it up as we went along. It's good to know you have my back, like a load-bearing baguette. Thank you, Conrad. 
You are most welcome, my cinnamon scroll of a friend. And this is where we must split. Cover more ground, you know. I don't doubt you for a minute, Conrad. Which way will you go? I'll take the left, and I guess that leaves you the right. Right? Sounds like a terrific plan, Conrad. I'm with you. But we'll need a way of knowing that either of us are knee-deep in sour bomb sauce or having our head munched off by a carbodemon. Huh. I know. I'll make us a tool to communicate. One moment, Conrad, I won't be a second. I think I've got it. Eleven breathes in deeply, places the palm of his hand on his chest and lets out a deep echoing sigh. <sighs> Dust of dough, essence of butter, produce our tutter, or toot our flute of sputter. With one giant heaving cough, <laughs> two small bread rolls with holes in them pop from his mouth and onto his flour-caked hands. I know you're an eldritch baker, Levin, but why are your spells always so gross? Goodness. Now have you know, I may be as gross as a butter croissant left in the Australian outback, but when things go awry, you can really rely on my rolls to get us out of this caramelly pickle. Yes, yes, I know, I just... It's all these years I've known you. I just struggled to get used to it, that's all. Look, let's discuss our culinary differences later, okay? Grab one of my chest e-rolls. Okay, you might have a point, Conrad. Know the way, though, we have to move forward. Now, grab my roll and put it in your mouth. Another problematic statement. Okay, okay, just grab my sticky glazed bun and... Actually, you know what? Just grab that bready thing and, 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 and bite hard when you're in trouble. It'll compress the air trapped in the centre and alert me of where you are or if you're near. Conrad stares at him, smirking and trying not to laugh, but is still impressed at his ingenuity. And as planned, they go their separate ways. Conrad left and... Levin, right. On their quest to secure their two-paged bounty and tear this maze asunder, ridding this place of the monster above. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Levin walks on leaves made of maple syrup, a forbidden culinary art that only the highest of Eldritch bakers ever dare dabble in. Sweet, you see. The forbidden doughy delight and every crunch hammers through Levin like a desirous, tasty scone. Lathered in whipped cream. You know the one. The one that you smell in the morning. Where one bite wakes you up and... Focus now, Levin. Focus. These crunchy treats are getting to me. Oh, it's all made of apple pie, it seems. Strong, dense and hard to bunch. How will I get through? Levin found himself in a room. The room itself is small. On one side is two barrels, but they're empty. There appears to be a small hall, pocketed all around the sides of the room with little holes. And as he walked to the centre, he... Click. What was that? What in this doleful place was that? A series of turrets appear out of the wall all of the wall and they begin to spin up 
almost like a winch being revved. In fact, exactly like a winch being spun and spun. Levened knew that sound. The sound of Twizzler sticks beating hard on pop rocks. Crack, bam, snap, swoosh, smack, roaring hell, plodding pumpkins, creamy catastrophe, watching the smack. A large molten pop rock hammered its way over Levin's shoulder. A numbing sensation moved across him, his shoulder flopping a little. Having realized the bread pauldron he was wearing took most of the hit. Cracked, however, as he could smell the short, bready, biscuity crust in the air. I need to hide. I need to duck. Swoosh. A large purple pop rock cannoned past him like an air-fried pizza pocket whizzing past with as much grace as a Pop-Tart out of a toaster. And quickly, Levin conjures his shield from a small biscuit in his hand. Expanders shortest to biggest breaders. Ping, pang, prong. Pop rocks were now spattering against the bread-laden buckler of bready consistency. Chunks flying off as pop rocks wedged themselves squarely in the thick biscuity dough. Lucky, I bought the cookies and cream combo, the defensive strength of cookie, and the absorbing power of cream. Truly magnificent, but there's only a little bit of time to gloat. <laughs> Click. The turrets revert back. The pop rocks remain sizzling, crackling. But worst of all, steel popping. Levend was not out of the black forest woods yet like a gobstopper in the mouth of a small child. It's only a matter of time before it reaches a breaking point and the entire room is swallowed by a pop explosion. Thinking fast was not Levin's strong point. In fact, thinking slow was also not Levin's strong point. But Rye and Rye again. Levin has survived off his wit and Eldritch wisdom. Well, intelli- Hmm power yeah yes his power but now he had to use some of the reserve he had in his doughy confused state to come up with an answer and that answer was hide with one rightastic hurling of his biscuit buckler at the largest pop rock set to pop off Levend slipped under the barrel and fused the ground around him with the dough beneath his feet the barrel was the nearest thing jumping under and using it as a defensive mechanism was absolute brilliance, brilliance even. Reaching deeply into the ground, as tendrils of dough, caking of seeds, pepper the outer shape of the barrel and tapping into the dark eldritch matter beneath the floor, he pulled up licorice to encase his fort further. A genius eldritch concoction of breadtastic proportions. Boom! Pop rocks explode across the room. Levin shakes under the sheer force of his fort, withstanding the high velocity of hardened candy, smashing into the one standard barrel, now his cage, but also his protector. Bam, boom, smash, smack. The barrel continues to struggle, the licorice doing its best to rebound and redistribute the high-velocity sugary blasts across its frame. Then, silence. 
As Levin goes to stand up, the barrel's walls seem to peel away, as if held together by egg yolk and phyllo pastry. The room is covered in gems of candy, glistening, beautiful almost, if it hadn't been for the fact that those purple and yellow chunks would have a significant shade of red, had Levin not thought, sort of, on his feet. The problem, however, still stood. How could Levin get through the apple pie door? Then, he noticed one thing. A chink in the crusty center of one of the pies in the door. A pop rock, no less, had pierced and melted its way through the tough exterior. Levin said to himself, Yes, of course, Brillium, Florium, Handus Floris, to protect my fingers. Using the remainder of the barrel, Levin had made a makeshift glove, able to withstand the heat of the pop rock for a very short time. And with that, Levin piled high the pop rocks to then eventually melt away the door and give him his freedom. Levin triumphantly said, Will it you, will it you, well, well, well. Looks like I don't do today, do I? And what do we say to the god of moldy bread? Not today, moldy death, not today. He says triumphantly, as Levin moves, albeit shakily, to the next room. One that has two books wedged in its walls. Levin steps cautiously into the room. The air thick with the musty smell of old parchment and ancient recipes. The dim light from the barrel glove illuminates three massive books wedged in the walls, each adorned with intricate engravings. Levin whispers to himself, Looks like I've stumbled across the ancient baking library. These tomes must hold the secrets of the eldritch bakers of old. He approaches the first book, its cover depicting a majestic loaf of bread rising under a golden sun, the sun, of course, the oven of all bread. Levin reads the title, The Chronicles of the Dough Gods. Oh. Curiosity getting the better of him, Levin opens the book. The pages are filled with tales of legendary bakers who harness the power of the eldritch dough. He learned of their battles against demonic muffins, sourdough serpents, and even a chaotic cinnamon roll that almost swallowed the world. Levend was amazed. So many bakers before him had faced these trials. He was not alone. He moves to the second book, its cover adorned with swirling patterns of caramel and chocolate, the double forbidden sin. Levin reads the title of that book, The Alchemy of Flavor. Admittedly, Levin wasn't the best reader, but he made up for it with spirit and spunk. This book reveals ancient recipes, forgotten techniques, and the art of blending flavors and the ways that transcend ordinary baking. Levin's eyes light up as he absorbs the knowledge within. Levin whispers to himself, This will take my baking to a whole new level. Untapped baking power. Finally, he approaches the third book. 
its cover showing a colossal rolling pin rolling out dough across the land. Levant reading the last title of the book, The, the Baker's, Baker's Prophecy, A Dozen Delight. This book is filled with cryptic riddles and prophecies foretelling the rise of a legendary baker who will bring balance to the baking world and thwart the forces of corruption. Cream and custard doesn't stand the chance. Or does it? Question mark, question mark, wink, wink. Levend looked puzzled. Could this be about me? Am I the one destined to fill this prophecy? Before he could ponder further, the ground beneath him began to tremble. The room shakes and the books emit a soft glow. A powerful presence fills the air and a voice resonates within Levend's mind. The ancient voice whispers, Levin Reddington, Yeast Avenger, you have been chosen by the Eldritch Doe itself. Embrace your destiny and fulfill your prophecy. Levin determined, I will do. Whatever it takes to protect the realm of baking and uphold the legacy of the Eldritch Bakers, the book tremble, and a surge of energy engulfs Levend. The knowledge and power of the ancient baker flows through him, intertwining with the divine energy from Bredius. Levend embraces his destiny, or so he thought. I am the chosen baker. Guided by the Eldritch Doe and the Baking Gods. With this power, I will restore balance and purity to the world of Baking. As the energy subsides, Levin feels a newfound sense of purpose, a strength unknown to him like any before. He knows he must continue his quest, for there are still evil recipes to be vanquished and corrupted flavours to be purified, and he's still in this accursed doughy maze. And who knows what Conrad is up to, or is he even alive? Levend, grinning to himself, no muffin, no croissant, and certainly no cursed cronut will stand in my way. The yeast avenger is ready, for whatever the baking world throws at him. And so, with ancient knowledge and divine guidance, Levend Bridington sets forth into the next room. But it's dark. It smells of mildew. It smells of mouldy bread. An eldritch baker's worst nightmare. So many thoughts run through his head. He's not sure what to do, or what to think or even what to bake in this situation. But yet he wanders, wanders deep into the darkness of the maze itself. But he can feel it now. He can feel the ebbing flow of the missing Doe Redacto pages. They feel so close, but yet so far. So yet again, Levind wanders. And join me next episode for 
Wonder Bread. The dough has eyes. Mate, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. What will Levin find on the other side where those books are? What has Conrad already had to deal with? And how is he progressing? Will they have a donut of chance? Or donut of chance? Or not even a rye in hell? We'll find out in our next episode. Thank you all for listening. You're amazing. And I want to thank my patrons for your support. I put your support into my brand new microphone. Because it was on special, believe it or not, from $500 down to $200 on Amazon. And I couldn't help but take that opportunity to snag it. It was a one-day sale. And in saying that, I have to learn, though, how to use that microphone all over again. From positioning, to volume, to gain, to quality control, but I'm determined to figure it out. Essentially, I moved from a condenser mic, which is kind of catches everything, all the audio, to a dynamic mic. And it's definitely different. Dynamic mics tend to be far less sensitive. So I have to really get close. With dynamic mics, the quality though is really good. But the technique and how close you are to the mic is something else entirely that I'll have to get used to. In saying that, I feel there's a lot of potential here as well. And on this, I wouldn't be able to buy this top tier gear without Patreons. The first being my Ode Night T Titan, Matto Star. Thank you so much, mate. I'm really able to punch above my weight now in the podcast space. And even though I'll be spending a lot of time learning new techniques, it does mean that I can hone my skills further and produce even better content for you legends. Thank you immensely for being such a major contributor so that I can even consider getting gear like this. Friend, you are a legend. Thanks, Matto. And my white tea warlord, Leza Le Excellente, thank you for supporting me, as you always have, so that I can afford to purchase these amazing items to improve the show. The microphone in question, by the way, everyone, is the Shure MV7, a USB slash XLR combo mic. And boyo, it is fiddly. Uh, to set up, but it is amazing to work with. And without your support as well, mate, it just wouldn't have been an item I'd have been able to purchase. Thank you immensely, friend. Cheers, Lazar. And the amazing living legends that also help support this purchase are my old grain forces and remaining Patreon members. A massive thank you to all of you. I am lucky to have Chad Warren, Just Heather, Sunshine Days, Juicebox Andy, Peter Raffaelli, Michelangelo Yacone, Divided by Zero, Leah Fassig, Alia Arcane, Paige Kramer, and Jane Gumnick. Thank you again, you epically kind people. If you want your name called out like these lovely legends, feel free to swing by my Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash SFGT. And there you'll find a number of tiers that you can support me on. I don't run ads at all and never will. And your support goes into covering that aspect and letting me punch above my weight like today. Thank you again. And now, pour your tea, make it nice. Ensure your flavoring is precise. Like a story, let it flow. Let the fables and tales take you home. It's these stories that bring us together and old audio that reminds us of how we've changed. Stay a while, have a listen. And as always, I hope to see you again. Cheers.